Hi, and welcome to the Alliance of Survivor Game podcast. I'm Ryan, the host slash game runner of Alliance. Today, I'm joined by Luna to talk about the bot and coding side of our seventh season, Nexus Park. I'm joined today by bot expert, uh, and I guess, I don't know, <laughs> I don't remember what, if you really, if you had a title um, at this point uh, for Alliance, but it's Luna. Hi, Luna. Hi, I was like, you make me sound so professional. What is this? <laughs> yeah, this is the first botcast, and <laughs> we're going to talk about bot things and coding things and you know this nexus park is the first season where mega crab was a thing and so you know we're going to dive into that and talk about that uh, a bit but you know this being the first time uh that you're on <laughs> one of these episodes uh, maybe the best place to start is to get to know you a little bit more uh so you know tell me Tell us how you found orgs, what got it, how you got into them, what what you like about them, and so on and so forth. Um. Okay. So like, I got into orgs, I guess, a few years ago at this point. I don't really remember. It was a thing where uh, I I had met a friend, like I had made a new friend in one of my classes, and they kind of were into orgs, and they kind of got me to spectate one of their games and then got me to play in their own game uh, as kind of like a full newbies game in a way that like half of the players didn't really even know what orgs were. Um, and so it's it it's kind of similar to Alliance in that like at least before now as from what I've heard in that like people were not as familiar with the game and all that, I guess, in a way. Um, I, I I don't... I'm not super good at them. I think, like a lot of people I've met, it's like the emotional side of it is hard for me in a way. But it's still like... I still really enjoy it. I like playing the game just because of all the challenges and stuff like that. Like, But... For the most part, I don't play as often as I used to, but I'm not against playing if it if the right opportunity comes up in a way. I don't know. And so it was one of the RPO seasons you played uh, that kicked things off, I believe. Is that right? I, I want to say it was it was Partners in Crime. I think that's season four. I don't know if that's actually correct or not, though. And, and you met Meg during that season. Uh, and I think a lot of other Alliance people were playing. Noah and and, and Cheese and, and a lot of others. Yeah, because, like, Meg was playing with Brandon. And, like, I know, like, Crystal was in that season with Cheese. I think Noah was in that season with Napalm. Hunters hadn't played an Alliance yet, but, like... I think was like aware of Alliance question mark at that point. And then I know Squirb and SF were in that game as well. But I think that is that all 
Is that everybody though? I don't know. There's so many people. <laughs> At the time, I was playing with Drowsy, who uh, is known as kind of, which like, I was helping with Folk Viver, which she was like the one of the originators of. And I was, at the time, I was kind of doing bot stuff for them. Not at the same extreme that I do it with Alliance, but in the same way of like, okay, I like Code and Idol Hunter too at the time. If I remember correctly, I think you had mentioned, mentioned to, R, to like the RPO hosts that like if they needed any bot help, you know, let you know you're happy to do it. Uh, and, and then, you know, you talked to Meg, Meg reached out and said, Hey, you know, my boyfriend runs an org and he's been talking about, you know, wishing we had, you know, our own bot. Um, you know, you two, you should talk that out. So you, you know, meet up, talk about it, figure it out. Yeah, it was something along those lines. I, it, it, I don't fully remember how the conversation went, but I think it was something like that of like, oh yeah, like he does coding stuff and might want to talk to you about that stuff. I don't remember the exact conversation, but yeah, something like that. So I waited uh, until that our, that, uh, that season ended, uh, until Partners in Crime ended, and I reached so I reached out to you, and we've I've been wanting you know, to be able to code our own stuff for a while. Uh, you know, just using Me6 and Dino and Yag and then whatever other bots we'd incorporated since then. Uh, it just, something about it, n nothing was ever perfect. Like, I, I, you know, if you watch the progression of the seasons, you'll see, you know, things get a little more creative, things get a little easier, things get a little more streamlined from one season to the next up through uh, high seas but there's there was always more i wished we had the capacity to do and because we didn't we were using these other bots that already existed that other people were building you know the functionality was uh, you know it, it, there was a lot of stuff they could do but it was still limited by what they were capable of um even yag which has so much customization and, and even its own like sort of coding language in and of itself doesn't quite get me anywhere I want to go, so to speak. Um, but then when it came to, you know, putting, writing down and typing up exactly what that was going to look like, what I wanted somebody, like, you know, having someone in front of me who, like, actually could do these things, could <laughs> code what we wanted, I wasn't, you know, I didn't really know what that was going to look like. I, I, you know, I had I didn't have an itemized list, and, and I you know I, as someone who doesn't code, I didn't know what specifically to even ask for, honestly. So, you know, we we yeah we talked about a bunch of different things, I think, and uh, ultimately just kind of you know said like, hey, I wish this these things were possible, and I think that started with sub channels, and I presented it to you and was like hey uh what can you do about this yeah because i remember our initial conversation i was just like all right what, what what do you want this to do and you were you like 
You're explaining the kind of the system that you had now, which maybe you can talk about in more details because I don't fully remember exactly how that worked. But you kind of like outlined the things that you can't you I remember you outlined the things that you couldn't get YAG to do the way you wanted it to. And that was kind of like the first focus. Right. Uh, we were just coming off high seas and that was in my opinion the first season that really had innovative sub channels uh you look at everything up through dark forest very standard stuff summit while we had a progressive you know you start at the bottom of the mountain you go up to the top mechanically speaking the sub channels were pretty still straightforward and so in in high seas with these ship-based sub channels um particularly the uh, Crow's Nest was the first place where uh, it was something that I really wanted to do more than just here's a channel you can explore it right and I wanted it to restrict how many people could be up there and uh, that became tricky <laughs> because just the way at least at the time um, things that I needed the bot to be able to do that Dino had the capacity to do were not available in YAG and things that I needed the bot to be able to do that YAG was able to do were not in Dino. And like, I, you can't, it has to be one or the other. And so we had to settle for, um, you know, I had to settle for basically, you know, inst to restrict the crow's nest to two people. I basically made a left and a right side of it and put a cooldown on those commands so that only one person could be in either side at any given time, which is not, not how we would design it today, but that knowing what I had and, and using what we were given uh, was kind of the only option I had. Um, basically, just how Dino functions. Uh, that's just it, you know it was rudimentary at best, but um, I think I think it mostly worked. It was just clunky, and that is a problem <laughs> if. That's, you know, there, there are better ways to do it than that. And, and now that we, I know that now anyway. Um, but at the time it was, I remember it was very stressful because, you know, just having more than four subchannels at a given time was also its yeah, own problem. I was, was um, going to say, I thought, but, I, I could be yeah. wrong. I could be misremembering things, but I thought there was like a point later where you had talked about how like, did you ever do it with YAG? I, like, can't remember. I thought I had remembered... Maybe I was just misremembering how you explained it, but I was like, oh, wasn't there, like, a thing where, like, some of the timers overlapped in a way that made things weird? But maybe that's exactly what you were talking about with the timers kind of still interacting even though it was done. It was, like, wouldn't necessarily apply anymore. So Dino, which had the... Uh, temporary subchannel function, or not subchannel function, but like temporary uh, role command. So you would tell it, you know, hey, uh, you know, temporarily give this person a role and then take it away from them later. And because of how Dino set up, you can only have so many functions in its in a command for Dino, and that meant that if we had more than four total subchannels, uh, the way we had set up the command stopped working because we could only use so many functions and the other side of it the more frustrating part of it um which we'd run into at least as far back as dark forest was 
what this temporary role did was it said, hey, here's the, you know, here's the, the crow's nest role, and I'm going to take it away in the specified amount of time. Great. And then if you left the crow's nest and went to the upper deck, you got an upper deck role, and then it's going to take that away in a specified amount of time. But if you go back to the crow's nest, uh-huh. before that first timer would have expired, it's still there. And when it does fire off at the end of it, if it sees you with that crow's nest roll, it removes it. That's what it was. I spend, you know, I jump, you know, as, as a lot of people were doing at this point in time, and I think they still do it now, you would, you would leave the camp channel to a sub-channel you weren't intending to actually look into, right? You'd jump from... You'd go to the upper deck, and then you'd go to the lower deck, and then you'd go to the rowboats instead of going, you know, straight to the lower deck or whatever. Whatever. We wanted, you know, that's fine. Uh, But if you did go back to the upper deck at some point before your hour or two hours, whatever it was at the time, expired, then the bot took that roll away, and you were kicked out of sub-channels when you weren't intending to be, when you were trying... (laughs) essentially to prolong your time in there by like hopping between places but the timers were all still running in the background so if you jumped around to like five different locations over and over and over and over again you'd have so many timers waiting and the odds of you not getting kicked out by one of them when you weren't expecting it to happen is pretty high and so that's an issue (laughs) timers definitely uh, a big part of make making the sub channels function uh through Mega Crab, um, and one of the things we were really hoping to crack, I guess, so to speak. Okay, yeah, I think I think that's what I was thinking of before because I do remember specifically, like it's as it as it slowly comes back to me. I do remember I think you mentioning like high seas, and I remember you telling me about like the different areas that were in high seas, and I'm I'm fairly confident that's like the main one that we talked about. So maybe that's what I was thinking of the whole crow's nest thing. Yeah, we talked about all this stuff, tried to iron out all the details I think we could, but I think by the end of it, I I just kind of like threw my hands up. I was like, all right, <laughs> you know, good luck. Um, <laughs> and uh, I'm sure you can handle this, right? Yeah, uh, I yeah, pretty much. I think. Because I remember the first thing that we kind of talked about was this, yeah, because the, the like initial thing was like, okay, I need commands that like give players access to different channels. Uh, and But the main thing being this idea of the whole like kicking players out after a certain number of time. And I was like, okay, that's okay. We can, I can try and do something with that. But this is me, like, I like... Of course, I've at this point I had been ta- I I have like taken several like I I was a, almost done I think with my bachelor's at the time I would have like been close to if not already done with my bachelor's in computer science at this point, and so like I I've like I'm fami- I do a lot of coding stuff I've taken courses that probably like could push me in the right direction for this type of thing, but I definitely hadn't done a lot of stuff that has to do with like just like timing of things and so I was like "Mm, this seems very outside of anything that I've done before and so I do remember part of that initial conversation being like I'm gonna give it a try but like no guarantee that this is happening by the start of your next season or whatever (laughs) this is probably a good point to ask you 
uh, how did you get into coding and bot stuff? Like what, you know, how do you, what, where, where did that come from? And, and, you know, how did you become the bot person for everybody? So like, it's, it's kind of a weird little thing. Cause like, I, as like a student, right. Like as I was out getting out of high school, like I, like school was just like not my thing uh in like high school and all that i like flunked most of my classes <laughs> like i was not a great student until i kind of like figured out that community college was kind of an option for me and i kind of took that opportunity to try and like give myself a new start and that's kind of i think like i got into community college and i was like okay i'm just gonna like try i'm gonna use up a bunch of my elective options to just try little things and see what I where I can go with the different courses I can just try out. And one of those was like a software design course, which is interesting because it wasn't like an actual coding course. It was more of just here, play with the concepts of coding in like a pseudocode format. So like you're not even coding in a specific language. It's pr basically just like teaching you like, what is the concept of a loop? What's the concept of, like, an if statement? And it was just really helpful in that, like, it gets you kind of those initial concepts without the, like, pressure or... It's like you don't get, like... It, you don't feel like you're banging your head against a wall because nothing's working because you're just doing it all through just, like, words and trying it out and stuff like that. And so it kind of taught me those initial concepts. I did really well in the class. It's something that kind of clicked for me. And I just kept kind of going from there. So I finished my associates, got onto my bachelor's, and now I'm kind of working on my master's um, in computer science as well. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. <laughs> nice. And so, okay, so you're messing around or, or I guess you're you're thinking about what the job of creating subchannel commands is going to entail with the timing and all that sort of thing. Um, what, like you said, I and I remember the conversation of, yeah, I don't know if we're going to be able to have this ready for Nexus Park, which I don't remember the timeline exactly. I want to say there was like between one to two months, but that seems like a long time. So it might Fair. have been less than a month between the start and when we were having this conversation. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to remember, and it, I don't really off the top of my head, especially because, like, with the whole old account, new account thing, it's, yeah. it's like, right. <laughs> it's not like I can just search our DMs and be like, when was this that happened type of thing. Um, but, but, yeah. Yeah, no, it was definitely... I mean, for me, as someone who didn't know what it would actually entail, even if I could conceptualize how to do it, um, I was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know, if if you can't figure it out, like we'll, uh, I'll I'll tape together something on this side and and figure out what we can do. Um, and then I think it was like not even like two days, three days. And you're like, I think I got it. I think so. Yeah. I think it was like, <laughs> I was thinking back on it. I was like, I think it was like literally like days later. I was like, so I, I, I like just kind of went for it. <laughs> <laughs> I got uh, sucked into the idea and uh, knocked it out in a few days, yeah. or at least the initial 
concept of it. Yes. Type of thing. Yes. Um, and I guess we don't have to get into like all the minutia about like how we ended up coding things, but um, just uh, setting up the sub so setting up the sub channels, ignoring any specialization sort of stuff. Um, I don't know. I I, I don't even even now, uh, you know, two years on from from when this all started back in Nexus Park. Um, I still don't know how it works, to be honest. Um, I have a general, I could probably describe to you how I feel it works, but I'm sure I would miss a lot of key aspects of it. So I don't know, like for somebody who understands it as I use a command, I get a role, I gain access to a channel. What's different about how things are done now compared to that system? So I would say one of the, one of the interesting things that I think we kind of talked about it in our first conversation was it was like, I remember part of our initial conversation being like, oh yeah, okay, so like I use roles. And I'm like, wait, why would you use roles? <laughs> <laughs> and I think that it's funny because I think that ended up being a kind of common point of discussion when it came to all that stuff. Like I remember when we were like, starting trials and it was like oh yeah use roles for this and roles for that and i'm like why would we use roles <laughs> like what um so i think a big part of it is like i think a big part of it is trying to not use roles to kind of hide not necessarily hide where people are but more like prevent people from getting information outside of the sub channels in that way if that makes sense i think that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That kind of describes it. The idea of like, not necessarily, like, you only find a player if you actually find the player, not by looking on the sidebar and checking what roles <laughs> they have type of thing. Right. And so, like, the main parts of it, I would say, have to do with like, all right, you have your basic command, like, you have a command set up, and that command makes sure that you are, like, I'd say, like, the main components of it have to be like, are you using the command in the right channel? Are you on, are you like on the tribe that can go to this place? Are you like stuff like that? It's like, and then once you like get through all those checks, which we kind of, those become more complex over time. But in the like initial state of the game, it's like a couple of checks. Just are you on the right tribe? Are you using the command in the right place, etc.? And then it sets up that timer to kind of, it, it gives you the permissions, right? It gives you the permissions to be in that channel, which if I'm, and so that's basically like no read history, send messages, read messages, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you set up that timer and at the end of that timer, it takes away those permissions and then that's how it goes. Uh, there's a bit more complexity to that just because like, depending like of course if you leave the channel like you kind of said you don't want it to like you want it to be able to restart that timer every time you use the command etc but it's like that it's it's that kind of basic format i guess in a way yes yes i know because when we started using roles uh they were just named beach <laughs> so even on different tribes you could tell you know who's where and then i think we switched it so that all the sub-channel roles were the same name so that you at least mm -hmm. could only 
see that they were in a subchannel, not necessarily which one, although you could, at least after a point, you know, if you wanted to, you could like copy the, you know, role IDs and like, that's yeah. a lot of work for something that I think doesn't give you a ton of information anyway. <laughs> like doubt anybody would actually do that, but definitely could have been a possibility. Yeah, that seems like a, a very, very um, returnee season type of thought process that I would expect someone like Noah <laughs> to do or something. <laughs> Um, uh -huh. but yeah, so that was a big thing we changed, um, starting in Nexus Park, which, uh, yeah, I mean, you, like you said, I was like, what, how would we do it without roles? What would we even, how would we, what? Um, cause when back in Discordia, when I was manually moving people to sub channels, mm -hmm. um, the initial version of that was with just user permissions. Yeah. And that meant that every time somebody moved, I had to go and add that user to the channel, go down the list of perms and do all that stuff. And which was all the more taxing when it was like, well, four people want to go together. I'm like, all right, well, let me go ahead all four of them. And then I think, but, yeah, uh, I think like a week into that, I was like, well, let me just use roles for this. And then I can just give everyone the role and then the role perm will be kind of like how I set up um, tribal council channels now where I create a new channel, I remove the council permissions of seeing the old one and everything else is set for the new one. That's basically what I was doing back then with uh, yeah. every new I could channel. Kinda, I could kind of see, I could kind of understand and see where that mindset comes from of like, oh gosh, <laughs> why wouldn't I just use roles when I can, is it, why, why, why can't we just use roles? The way of doing like manual permissions with individual users is so annoying. And it's like, don't worry, it's not annoying when you can just tell the bot to do it for you. <laughs> yes, because I'm not sure I, I I don't think Dino has the capacity to do that. Yag might. I'm not. I've never really looked into it. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's a way to do it in Yag. But yeah, I don't know. That was not. It wasn't even on the radar <laughs> at that point. Which, like, considering your experience, like your experience with it, understandably so. <laughs> yeah. So okay. So for Nexus Park, um, unlike a couple of seasons after nexus park uh all of the sub channels we used in that season were unique we didn't have the same sub channels on different tribes with different slightly different names or anything like that which was i assume a little bit easier for from a coding standpoint at times yeah i don't it's 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 hard it, it's hard to say because it kind of depends like I'd, I'd say it might make it a little bit easier because it's like, okay, then I'm just limiting it to this tribe can use these commands rather than, okay, okay, they both have can use the same commands, but they take you to different places. So, like, I could kind of, it's like, it kind of depends. It's not a huge difference, but yeah, definitely, I think having the more individual channels for each tribe does make it a little bit easier in terms of just, like, the like checks like required checks and stuff like that okay and then so pre-merge i think everything was fairly standard nothing flashy uh and then the merge comes and we tried we wanted to do some fun unique stuff at the merge um which uh, yeah i don't remember like where the idea for this came from um i know when we were initially sorting out what nexus park was going to be 
uh, it taking place in the future, there being robots in the in the theme park with that instead of like workers, um, that sort of thing. We wanted there to be this sort of underground, you know, there's people down there, they're controlling the park, and <laughs> you know, there's a, it's maybe it's a little nefarious, maybe it's a little cold and and uh, emotionless and and that sort of thing, and. We wanted the players to be able to go down there, but as would become much more common in future seasons, like thematically, how would that work? Why would we just, why would they just let you walk around their laboratory? They wouldn't. <laughs> that's silly. Um, that's probably a place that requires a lot of clearance. <laughs> you know, that's how do you even get down there to begin with? And then was born this key code, key card situation um so i don't yeah i don't know how much of that uh, so yeah key code tell me let's start with the key code because that was the thing available to all the players Um, okay yeah and so if you were in the arcade there was a locked door and it told you hey um there's like a keypad on this and it's four you know it's four digits or whatever how many digits it was and mm-hmm. um good luck <laughs> basically <laughs> and if you figured out the right digit right combination you'd be able to get down into the laboratory and open the door um otherwise some other stuff happened so wh- how did this all sort of function yeah so okay in the notes that i have from like the original thing it, it so it looks like so i remember one of the conversations being like okay we want a, a, a command that's just like a number that gets you in and i'm like mm, you can't have commands that start with numbers so that was the whole thing i remember that was a thing so the command i believe so from what it looks like uh the command to like get in with the key code was the was n9142 was our was our four digit passcode okay and from there um we got it's a kick after 30 minutes i think is what it looks like uh, a side like different from the normally it's an hour so this one was like you didn't get as much time in there mm-hmm. um specifically the code only worked if you were in the arcade so you had to be in the arcade first um and it completely restricts your permissions in the like park channel so the park channel kind of being like your typical camp channel right yeah um which correct me if i'm wrong did we didn't we do that through having a parallel uh tribe role that we swapped out let me take a look um that might be true i'm trying to see I see, because I see in the park channel permissions, there's a Umurthia that has view channel and nothing else affecting mm-hmm. it. And then there's one that has view channel and then blocks send messages, blocks add reactions. Okay, then yeah, that sounds right. Because I don't see anything here that says to take off permissions from the park channel. And that's because I think with the way that we have it set up, we don't do a whole lot with the park channel altogether just because it's something that typically they always have access to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it does look like, yeah, I do see that there is, we have a, I have a little thing in here where after it gives them permissions into the lab, there is a separate 
add lab roll and remove tribe roll so that that would do it um <laughs> and then is this the same the other thing i'm trying to remember is i have a little thing here um i have a note here that says kicks players from every other location other than the park so i think that's where the number of attempts come in yes because Basically, if I remember correctly, you got a certain number of attempts until if you got it, and if you got it wrong that number of times or more, then it an alarm would go off and it would kick everybody back to the, like, camp channel, in essence, right? Um, Sounds right. I think, so I think there were two sets of alarms. I think there okay. was, it, so Waxler, I think this only happened three times. Mm -hmm. Chaco, um, where if you tried to use the pass or once to bird, not Chaco, if you tried to use a passcode wrong too often, Megbot would grab you and throw you out. Right. But once you were in the laboratory, and this was not in the the topic description, if you sent, because uh, it's part of this was on Yag's end, so Yag was tracking how many messages right. were sent in this in that channel. And every time mm -hmm. it hit 100, it would send, um, so in the arcade channel, it would send a you know siren sound from beneath the arcade. Um, and then if you were in a further away channel, it would sound like you hear the faint sound of sirens. Uh, and then I think one, I think did, did Mega Crab kind of read those messages for, um, to, to know when to kick people? Oh, yeah, I do see that. Yeah, so checks for an alert message from YAG. Um, if it's the message, then it kicks players in the lab to the arcade. Yes. That's what it says. That's that's my little notes here. <laughs> yes, so if you were too loud, they would kick you out of the uh, laboratory and you'd go back into the arcade. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, it, okay, so looking at this more, yeah, so if it ever, if you ever did a wrong passcode then it would check and it looks like after it looks like after nine attempts would be when it kicks you out yeah so it's, it would for every i think it's for every player i'm trying to check though yeah megbox would kick you out back into the park if you got <laughs> it wrong nine times i think it's nine nice what I'm nice yeah we yeah. we uh, we actualized the uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff gif that Meg likes so yes. much. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was, yeah. yeah. And uh, as a just as an aside, um, never felt like the players really cared, <laughs> or at least they didn't show a lot of uh, much much reaction to these things taking place. Um, as kind evidence, of, they kind of got away with it. Yeah, <laughs> got away with it. Uh, and. You know, I don't know if that would still happen now. I don't know, like, if it was just a simple fact of, like, well, I've never seen a bot do something like that. So why would I question it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that, uh, I think, all functioned as we wanted it to, ultimately. Um, probably a little clunkier than it would have be if we set it up now. But um, yeah, definitely uh, succeeded in creating key code laboratory all that kind of stuff that that worked out and hopefully for the players anyway felt like they were somewhere they weren't supposed to be essentially <laughs> mm -hmm. 
style. Yeah. So the other part of this was like, this is key code thing. There's a card reader for it because if you worked there, you had a key card. And we put two of those in the uh, carousel challenge. Those were the two mystery boxes that could be taken. And so we needed a way that wasn't a roll to know who had the key card so that when they used the command, it would work for them. And if ever, any, even if anyone saw them, it wouldn't matter. They couldn't use them. Yeah, so basically we had, on on Mega Crab's end, we had two commands set up. We had take the box and grab the box. <laughs> <laughs> two separate commands purely so that they could, each one could only be used once, I believe was the intention. That sounds right. Um, probably, probably, probably wouldn't have to do it that way now, just as being more experienced with all this. It's like... Uh, I look at this now and I'm like, that seems kind of unnecessary, but oh well, it worked at the time, we take it what we can get. Um, <laughs> but basically, yeah, we basically had those two commands set up so that I could, just so that, the the main thing is that we wanted the bot to know who had the key cards and it needed to be able to track that information without it being something visible to the players. So they just basically, we had to make sure that they were commands done through mega crab i'm not sure if the commands also had responses for yag or not i feel like they might have i could um, be wrong i don't see because i know because i i don't remember if it's in this season or in other seasons but i think we've definitely had uh had it had some things done done in a way where we would have a command that does stuff for Mega Crab and at the same time would also do stuff in YAG just so that it would like do different things for each bot in a way. So I have um, in YAG there was a take the box command. If there was a grab one, I probably deleted it already. Um, mm -hmm. That just, it had a cooldown on it of a long time and just said, uh, it. I mean, it functioned within the challenge, so it gave you the out roll so that you couldn't keep playing and it just said that user took the box and is out of the challenge yeah so kind of like your your version was like kind of like to give that player feedback during the challenge itself mm -hmm. and at the same time had a parallel command in mega crab in a way that it could track all the things it needed to for that and so basically i would just kind of like store the people that had it and then later we use the we have a Nexus keycard command, which basically does the same kind of entrance stuff as all the other location commands with the difference of like, obviously the 30 minute timer and all that stuff. But same kind of concept of just, it, it works just the same way as all of the other ones, except it limits it to who has the key card. Right. And, um, oh, what was I gonna say? I had a thing. Uh, so Court is the only one who gets this this the key card um, and uses it to go down to the lab. You know, functions as intended. Uh, far as I can tell. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Um, <laughs> as far as using, at least up until Academy, um, I know we'd started to. I think we'd I'd started to experience it even before we started using Mega Crab. Um, between with the difference between Dino and Yag, and simply because Yag was so much more customizable and flexible, 
and it did most of the things I wanted it to do, that's where a lot of the advantage commands ended up having to be so that I could functionally like prevent other people from getting the commands, do a lot of other fancy things at the same time. And I don't remember what season it was, but people eventually picked up on that. <laughs> like, oh, this is a YAG response. That's important. And I was like, crap, what am I going to do? And I think the same thing was true here as we were transitioned to the mega crab. Like, oh, it's a mega crab. That's important. Like, and so you wanted, I wanted as much as possible, at least until we started doing, using mega crab for the bulk of commands for like anything visible that wasn't a movement to be still done in YAG or Dino or whatever we were doing. And uh, so that's another reason why we had multiple commands for different bots and things like that. Yeah, kind of like that overlap. It's like, okay, you're only seeing YAG respond to it, but there might be stuff under the hood that Megacrab is also tinkering with in a way. Right, right. Um, And so that was concern uh as well um and so and so i guess to briefly touch on it key card and i believe this is true used was the first instance of us using values is that right yeah i think so not to the greater extent that we do now but in a way yeah it kind of it it's the same concept of like limiting it by player based on what they have in a way yeah i i mean i guess i still think of it this way as like they're roles without being roles they're hidden they're like little secret hidden roles <laughs> yes um so now when you when you see a player use the inventory command like those are just those are all just values that the player has not all of them but not all of them gotta hide some of them still but yeah, those Some are. Some it doesn't make sense for them to see. Yes, those are the tangible, visible things that a player generally has on them at the point in time when they use that command, and that's kind of that's where those terms are coming from—the values that we are using in place of roles. Um, okay, well, it's almost three thirty. Uh, I think okay. the only thing left to talk about is just like the update channel, really. Um, okay. Which we can pick up after the call i guess okay um, makes sense yeah i am going what's up <laughs> i said look at us doing the thing yeah <laughs> killing it um i'm gonna go make hot chocolate I don't, okay i don't know how long the call will be but um i will just call you back after it okay okay sounds good sounds good bye-bye bye-bye enjoy your hot chocolate bye thanks <clears throat> see the update i think is the last thing okay it's like where where we leave off um i think that pretty much just leaves the update channel as far as nexus park bot stuff is concerned yeah i i think that checks out um Um, we never had this prior and i think you know one of the perhaps like nice side effects of using roles was that the viewers could also use them to see who was in sub channels if they were not actually actively hunting at the time. Um, but without that, uh, it and, and I mean, this would have been nice even if they did have roles anyway, but 
the update channel was designed as a way to just, I don't know, kind of just, if you really just wanted a quick idea of who was where, you know, if people were working together, if anybody was even out hunting to begin with, um, this is an easy spot that the viewers could use, things that the viewers could use to, to do that, I guess. Yeah, it's just a it's just a nice little quick easy way to kind of see if anything's going on. Like, oh, do I even need to pay attention to the sub channels right now? Is anybody even exploring? It's just a nice little click into it. Maybe see if people are hiding in there or not, because people can be on invisible. It's like, oh, somebody might be watching somebody else even if they're on invisible, and maybe they haven't noticed. Um. Mm -hmm. So yeah, basically it's just a system, it's it's a nice little, we already kind of have to track where everybody is, because not really relevant in this season, but it comes up in other seasons where certain subchannels might be connected to others in specific ways, and so we already needed to track uh, who is in what channel, and that kind of, uh, it's just, we already use the data, so why not? put it somewhere where it might be helpful for the viewers is i think the basic concept of it yeah absolutely i i don't use it i think ever really um mostly because i'm actually like just always looking at the sub channels whenever they light up but i i think that just having it as a resource is really helpful uh especially like you said in <laughs> in nexus park we never had more than four sub channels available for the players at any given time um i guess six technically in the pre-merge but only three per play per team for per tribe and when you get to academy <laughs> and there are you know nine sub channels per tribe in the pre-merge portion of the game let alone you know the like 16 or so channels that were available post-merge that's a lot yeah really i think it's especially i think it's especially fun to look at that just to see like oh man i can see that uh i can see that these like three people are in the same ch sub channel let's go see what they're talking about it's just a good little nice glance to see if anything's going on especially yeah. it's like a, who's hanging out with who <laughs> absolutely um yeah every it's one of those little um quality of life improvements that uh having our own bot affords us to be able to to have so no good good improvement we love <laughs> yeah one of the one of the like first little things before we gradually move everything over to meg grab <laughs> yes <laughs> um so yeah i mean i think that kind of covers all the stuff we did in in nexus park with the bot or at least yeah i was like well, Mega Crab. honestly i think you should also i mean if we're talking about all the bot stuff i feel like you should talk about the the obvious uh main attractions the main attraction uh <laughs> post merge in the sub channels oh, i feel we, like a little a little look into plinko <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's that's a big bot thing that happened in that season. Can't okay. forget about it, right? Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Um, so, if I'm if I'm understanding, we we started using Yag in Dark Forest. That was the first time we ever used it. Uh, we had an advantage cascade 
Cascade is kind of not accurate to what this was in that season, but we had a the the idea was we had a thing, a creature lurking in the subchannels, and the only way to know that it was moving around was that every period of time there was a command in YAG that was set to update the topic description of the subchannel itself. So uh, it would change from what it normally was to like, oh, you can tell that there's something watching you. And it would rotate all four subchannels in that season, you know, I think like every six hours or so. And, you know, edit back the ones it was leaving from to be look normal. And if you did a command in all four channels while that was active, or maybe not even, probably though, uh, you know, you would get a thing and you could put all the pieces together and find a thing. Nobody found it. Or I think Crab found that the thing was out there, but didn't solve the ultimate thing. But that was the first kind of introduction into YAG. And like, oh man, that's super cool. I would have never thought of doing this if I only ever had access to Dino. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and so Dark Forest was a lot of experimentation with with YAG and things that like, what what more boundaries can I push? So Nexus Park, I think I got into the idea of Plinko after having created or having come up with the idea for the Dashing Rogue, which was the simulator story ride that was also paginated. And I knew I wanted multiple stories and multiple experiences in that ride. And I'm like, well, how do I do this? I have no idea. And that kind of got me into this, okay, well, I can create little these databases and these you know for values within yag that when they hit a certain value i can check for that value and then do things based on whether it's one two three four etc and plinko came off of that and so we had to this perhaps the most frustrating part of this is that you couldn't use the these in a channel that didn't have message history because you can't react in those channels and these function off of reactions so that was a headache but when you use the command, you go into this other channel, um, you have a certain amount of time, it deletes the old message and populates a new one so that you're starting fresh. Uh, and then you just get this embedded message um, where you get to uh, play Plinko by dropping, like, you know, drop a little disc down the thing, yada, yada, yada. And then on the bot's end, um when you you know each slot you drop it into had a different you know had a different rea- a different message so like dropping the disc into the first column blah 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 second third fourth fifth each of those gave it a different value and then after that there was only one emoji you could pick so it was just a matter of okay uh n- now now that i know which value you've used it's just a matter of like, okay, when you get to the bottom, there's a X percentage it is worth this many points and X percentage is worth that many points. It bounces left, it bounces right, it bounces left. And if it bounced left, it subtracted a point from the value. If it bounced right, it added a point. So when it got to the bottom, if it bounced right six times, it moved over six columns and now it's whatever the point value of that column was. A lot of technical <laughs> stuff. Um, but, you know, you can envision the Plinko board and it hits a peg and bounces one way or the other way. And 
when it gets to the bottom. If it's bounced all the way to the left, it's in the left column. If it bounces all the way right, it's in the right column. Um, I think if I could go back, I would probably prevent it because I, uh, <laughs> I don't even know why I let it do this in the beginning, but um, if you reach the leftmost or rightmost side of the board, you can't keep bouncing past that wall. But in this game, it did. <laughs> it still had a 50-50 shot of bouncing left or right at the wall. And it would just kind of like mm -hmm. as if there was a portal warping it back to the other side, essentially. Um, which, like, I don't know. It's the future. That's probably possible. But... Yeah, it's just like it's just like the the plinko game that the lounge got obsessed with or whatever, right? Yeah, <laughs> got some some niceness to it, some special little fancy things. <laughs> yeah, so uh, you do that, and then um, you know you land at the bottom, and it's worth three points. Yada yada yada. Um, the same thing was true in skee ball, in the arcade. Uh, except that was more complicated because, you know, Plinko, I think, was like 13531 points on the bottom. Mm -hmm. And Skee Ball was not even columns, right? Like, it was, you know, where you threw the ball gave you a percentage of what points it was. So, for example, if you roll the ball down the first lane, um, you've got a 13 percent chance of getting 100 points i think it ends up being and then okay. if not it's 10 um or in so that's the first and fifth lanes second and fourth lanes were uh 34 10 points otherwise 30 and middle lane was uh 20 20 50s um otherwise or rather yeah, 20% 50, 30% 10, and 50% 20. And then you would do this five times, and it would track your score each time um, and add it into a total at the end where you'd get end of it. And you're like, hey, you got 130 points. Good job. Or the last <laughs> person whoever, last person that did this, I don't know who it was, got 230 points. So it uh, okay. looks like it was Bird. Bird was the last one to play. So Bird got 230 points. Um, obviously the, the maximum was 500 and, uh, the record was like 600 and something. So you could never break the record <laughs> in this season. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. But yeah, it was a lot of trial and error, like just kind of f configuring things. And I'm sure it would be easier to do now and cleaner to do now. Like I think most of the stuff is, but, mm -hmm. um, you know, tweaking the percentages, tweaking the points, tweaking the responses uh, was a lot. Um, figuring out a way to keep track of the points overall and also having separate points in each role was was tricky, I remember. Because, like, mm -hmm. in, in Plinko, we don't care about adding up your points. You only dropped it once, <laughs> and it just was done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but this was another kind of level to that. It had the same thing as Plinko, where it deleted the old message and created a new one whenever you used the command. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, this was not something we've really done since. I think the thing that really prohibits me from wanting to do more stuff like this is the fact that it needs its own channel, which is kind of frustrating. Um, mm -hmm. 
and it's it's very prohibitive <laughs> to me but, but maybe maybe something to keep in mind for the future yeah definitely especially uh, now that like we have buttons and stuff like that that don't require reactions might be something to think about yes that is true something we can definitely explore in the future hint hint if you're listening to this okay. and you haven't played or planning to play again much. or something <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, yeah, it was, there was a lot of, I think Nexus Park and Dark Forest were the two big, like, gag discovery channels for me as far as, like, figuring out new things that the commands can do. Mm -hmm. um, and I think since then, it's pretty much been more of a, all right, what can we do with Mega Crab? <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, everything else kind of funnels through that now, which isn't a bad thing, but... Mm -hmm. But I feel like I feel like what what was done. I mean, at least what it sounds like is like figuring out what you were able to kind of do with Yag kind of inspires a lot of what we can now do with Mega Crab. Yeah, definitely. Kind of like helps you understand. Like at least it sounds like to me, it kind of helps you understand what the possibilities are. Definitely, I think that's very true because it's it's a lot easier for me. I, 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 we've had a lot of conversations about bot related things and ideas and I'm I feel better when I'm able to you know suggest things if I've already got some idea of like what this would look like from a coding standpoint mm -hmm. as opposed to just like hey I want the players to ride a dragon make it happen like I want to <laughs> be like all right I want the players to you know what if we had a value that did x y and z but only under conditions A and B. And, you know, if I can think in that term. Yeah, like if you can if yeah. you can understand the logic of it. Right. It kind of helps. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I think it helps, I, I assume it helps you as well. For sure. Like <laughs> Not if having I can get to convert an idea, it. The, the more concrete of an idea, the easier it is to kind of figure out how to bring it to life, if that makes sense. Yes, definitely. And so, yeah, that's, we made that happen in Nexus Park. It all was flawless. I don't remember how, if there were any big, like, missteps that season at all, where we had to reset things or anything like that. Yeah, it's, it's, it, I don't fully remember. I don't even, like, it's, I have a hard time remembering even what, like, system we used on, like, a back end. I, I feel like, we're still doing what we were doing now. So, like, I can't imagine we had any, like, issues with false restarts or, like, stuff like that. Like, I'd like to hope that we didn't have too many issues with that. At least none are popping up in my mind immediately. I think as things got more complicated, we definitely, like, hit some jumps, but I don't, like, hit, hit some bumps, but I don't think we really hit much of that in Nexus Park. Right. Yeah, I, I, for the most part, I agree with that, as far as I can tell, <laughs> as far as I can remember. Um, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so, no, worked out, did things, improved, uh, improved the possibilities, for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, I think, I think that's the end of the Nexus Park inaugural botcast. Woo! We did it. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much uh, for sharing a bit and helping me kind of give everyone a peek behind the curtain as we 
begin to explore how the bot works, Mega Crab works, and the confines of Alliance. Yeah, I'm excited to get into later seasons where things get even more crazy. But yeah, for sure. Definitely a good starting point. <laughs> yes. All right. Enjoy the rest of your day. And uh, thanks. Bye. You too. Bye-bye. If you would like to try your hand at Alliance, our applications are always open. You can find more information by visiting AllianceSeasons.com. Our 14th season, Coronation, has just been announced. There's no better time to apply than today. Afterward, head over to the HQ for off-season games and trivia and other fun stuff. Thanks for listening to the Alliance of Survivor Game podcast. So long, farewell, I'll be the same goodnight. I know she'll never leave me, even as she fades from view. So long, farewell, I'll be the same adieu. Nothing's really left or lost without a trace. Nothing's gone forever. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute.